0: Grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from our ascended and ever-reigning Savior, Jesus Christ. Country songwriter Garth Brooks wrote a song once called Unanswered Prayers. The song's about a man who visits his old hometown and goes to a high school football game. At the game, he runs into a woman who, back in high school, had been the girl of his dreams. Not only the girl of his dreams, though, um, she had also been the girl of his prayers. And yet God didn't answer those prayers, at least not in the way that he wanted. The lyrics run like this. She wasn't quite the angel that I remembered in my dreams and I could tell that time had changed me. In her eyes, too, it seemed. We tried to talk about the old days. There wasn't much we could recall. I guess the Lord knows what he's doing after all. And as she walked away, well, I looked at my wife, and then and there I thanked the good Lord for the gifts in my life. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. In our sermon reading for today, the Apostle Paul speaks of his own unanswered prayer, a time when he prayed repeatedly to the Lord and earnestly, but Jesus answered, no, because he had better gifts in mind for Paul. We read from Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, There was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. May the Holy Spirit bless our study of his word. Amen. At the beginning of this chapter, Paul talks about a man who was caught up into heaven. A man who was swept up by the Lord and allowed to see heaven. Paul says that while this man was in heaven, he saw the most amazing things. Heard things inexpressible, things he was... Not even allowed to speak of afterwards. That's how glorious it was. And it appears that this man that Paul was talking about was actually Paul, that he was actually speaking about his own personal experience. Because in verse 7, Paul writes, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. You see what this means? Paul got to experience a taste of real heaven at some point in his life. This experience was so far beyond him that later on he says that he doesn't even know whether he was in the body when this happened or whether he had somehow experienced some kind of -of out-of-body experience. I think this is remarkable. It changes the way that we look at the other places where Paul speaks about heaven. Like in Romans 8.18, where Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Does he say those words because of what he saw from his own experience firsthand of glory? What a gift. but any great gift given to a sinner comes with danger for in the hands of a sinner any gift can be used for evil even a vision of heaven for example when God gives us success it comes with temptation doesn't it not from God but we add the temptation when God gives us success we are tempted to think I got this because of me, because of who I am, how clever I am, how strong I am, how good-looking I am. When God gives us power, the temptation is to think, I've been given this power, this authority, because I'm a little bit different than everyone else. I'm a little better than them, and therefore, The same rules that apply to everyone else, they don't really apply to me. Again, it's not that God wraps these temptations up along with his blessings. This is the response of our sinful nature. We mix in these things. What evil could have come from Paul's revelations? I don't know. I suppose we could try to imagine, but I don't really know. Thankfully, Jesus gave Paul a counterbalance. As Paul says, something to keep me from exalting myself, something to keep Paul from thinking too much of himself. This makes me think of Naaman from the Old Testament. Do you remember him? In 2 Kings chapter 5, it says, Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man with his master, and highly respected, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was also a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. There's a counterbalance. Top general, brilliant strategist, mighty warrior, but he's a leper. Nobody wants to have dinner with him. For him, it's lifelong quarantine. But as it turns out, Naaman's leprosy was the very thing that led him to meet God. As he searched for relief for his disease, for some kind of cure, he was directed to the God of Israel. You could say that the most valuable thing in Naaman's life ended up being his leprosy because through it he came to faith in the Lord. But back to Paul. To counterbalance the great revelations that he had been given, Paul was also given a thorn in the flesh. This phrase seems to suggest that this was some kind of a physical ailment, something that he couldn't get rid of, something that caused him pain over and over. Paul describes his thorn as a messenger of Satan to torment me. The Greek word for torment literally means to strike with the fist over and over and over. The same word is used of what the soldiers did to Jesus. And so the picture is this. Jesus allowed Satan to afflict Paul in some way. Some way that Paul couldn't remove. Some way that caused Paul pain over and over. Why would Jesus allow this? Well, at first Paul didn't know. And so he prayed to Jesus to please Take this thorn away. Three times Paul prayed this. But Jesus told him no. For in Paul's words, he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. It was a done deal. Jesus had said it, and that was the end of the matter. Paul's thorn wouldn't be going anywhere anytime soon. We have a hard time accepting things like this. Why? We want to know why. Jesus, just show me the plan. I don't understand this direction that you're taking me. I don't get it. But most of the time, we aren't given a glimpse of God's plan, all laid out. That is for him to see and for him to show us only if he decides to do that. Paul was given some knowledge of the purpose of his thorn. He tells us a couple times that this thorn was given so that he was, to, was prevented from exalting himself. Paul needed humility if he was going to serve his savior properly. And the greater gifts that he was given to use, the more need he would have of keeping his ego in in check. Perhaps Paul's thorn was something that was both painful and embarrassing. Some physical problem that he would rather not share. Perhaps it was something that made him dependent on others. We don't really like to be dependent on others, to rely on them. It can be a very humbling experience when we can't do things for ourselves that we would like to be able to. People like to guess at what Paul's thorn might have been, but we really have no way of knowing. But we do know some of the other blessings that came through this thorn. Jesus himself clues us in to these blessings with his words to Paul. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul wanted relief from the pain. And that's certainly not wrong to ask for. We ask for relief for people's pain all the time here when we Pray for people who are in the hospital or going through one hardship or another. But in response to Paul's prayer, Jesus says, You don't need relief for this pain. You already have a much greater gift. You have the gift of full forgiveness of your sins. And you will never have to feel the everlasting pain of hell because I already felt that for you. In fact, there will come a day when even your conscience will not cause you pain anymore because in heaven there will be no more guilt that will be washed clean completely. No, Paul, this thorn will stay for now. You have my grace and my grace is enough. By leaving this thorn, Jesus would teach Paul contentment, contentment with the gift of his grace. And Jesus clues us in to another blessing that he wished to give Paul through this thorn. He says, power is perfected in weakness the greek word for perfected literally means to bring to an end to complete to finish think about it like this a wool sweater finds its purpose on a cold winter morning that's what it's for that's when it shows its value the strong arm of a warrior finds its purpose when it takes up that shield and absorbs the blow, defending the defenseless. That's what it's for. That's when it shows its value. The wisdom of the wise has meaning when it solves a problem in service to others. That's one of the things wisdom is for. That's when it shows its value. Power comes to its end, to its goal, when there is weakness to be helped. Or think about it like this. When do we pray to God? When do we cry out to Him over and over? Is it when we have it all? When we have all of our problems figured out and our bellies are full and our bodies are warm and we're comfortable? Is that when we cry out to God in prayer? Not so much. No, when sinners like us are full, that's when we are tempted to forget about God. That's what Moses warned the Israelite people about. When you get into the promised land and you're surrounded with every good blessing that there is, don't forget the Lord. It's when we have need that we cry out to him. When there's a hollow place that we cannot fill, that's when we're more likely to turn to the Lord. And so to God, or excuse me, and so to go with the great revelations that Paul had been given, he was also given hardship to drive him back to the Lord over and over to drive him back to depend to depend on jesus let me clue you into a little truth you will never be self-sufficient in this world god doesn't intend you to be self-sufficient in the beginning he designed you to depend on others to provide what they need and for they To provide what you need he designed us to depend upon him to to feed on God like we feed on food to breathe him like the air that we breathe to be separated from him is to die and in the most important area in our life in the area of forgiveness for our many sins we certainly can't be self-sufficient we must always come back to Jesus with our sins to lay them before him for forgiveness and to receive that forgiveness and peace because he took those sins away on the cross. Trusting in Jesus is the most important thing in our lives because there isn't anyone in this room or anyone else in this world that is going to be able to enter heaven except through Christ. And so God builds this pattern of dependence into our lives. He uses the other areas of our lives to show us that we are not self-sufficient, especially when it comes to forgiveness for our sins. We need our Creator. We need our Savior. is, Is it worth the terrible pain to learn this lesson? God thought so. That's why he cursed the creation after Adam and Eve sinned, so that they would not look at this world as their final home, so that they would not be content with a broken place, so that instead they would look to God for relief from this place of tears and pain so that they would seek the redeeming God and the Savior that he promises. By giving Paul the gift of his thorn in the flesh, Jesus led him to understand a great truth, but a truth that is very hard for us to learn. For the faithful, a hollow of personal weakness is but a place for Jesus to pour in His power. Let me say that again. For the faithful, a hollow and empty place of personal weakness is but a place for Jesus to pour His power. And which would you prefer? Your own feebleness? or the power of the one through whom the universe was created? Which would you prefer? Your own feebleness or the power of the one who went toe-to-toe with the devil and won? Would you prefer your strength or the strength of the one who was tempted in every way and yet did not sin? The one who faced death and who now lives forevermore? I'll take Jesus's power over my power any day. Or at least I'll say that when I'm reading these words. Rejoicing in my weaknesses is a whole lot harder to do than it is to say. This is a deep lesson, one that we must learn by experience. But Paul says that's what he is going to do. Paul says he's going to rejoice in his weaknesses. Look again at verse 9. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The Greek word for well-content literally means to consider it good, to take delight in it. I'm delighted when I'm weak. I'm delighted when I get insulted. I think it's great when there's distress all around me." What? Why would Paul say something so ridiculous? Because he's learned that God gives better gifts than the ones we ask for, and sometimes these come from the most unexpected circumstances. Paul delights in weakness, because when he runs out of his own, then he has to depend on the Lord's strength. And when Christ flexes his power, that's when things really start to happen. Paul delights in insults, because then he is forced to search his own heart and say, am I being insulted? Am I being called out on this because I'm in the wrong? If so, I need to be corrected. And if not, if I'm being insulted because I'm doing what the Lord would have me do, because I'm doing the right thing, in that case, Paul is reminded that the opinion of others, the opinion of the world, does not matter. It is the opinion of our Lord that holds the most weight. Paul delights in distresses because they put pressure on him. And with pressure, he is trained to persevere in the faith, to wait for God's deliverance, to trust. Paul delights in persecutions because of his faith, because that shows him and others that he's no hypocrite, that he's not in this for the money or the fame, and that he will continue to be led by the Lord even if that leading takes him through opposition. Paul delights in calamities, literally narrow places, tight spots, when he's faced with very few options because then his character is tested and he is forced to grow. We don't like to grow all the time. like Paul writes in Romans 5 we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ not only that but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. God gave Paul a visit to heaven. Not just a vision, a visit. But he wanted to give Paul more than a visit. God wanted Paul to one day enter heaven as a permanent resident. So Jesus gave Paul a thorn, too, to drive him back to God over and over. And instead of relief from pain, Jesus gave Paul humility, contentment with the Lord's grace, dependence on God, and the ability to see that God's greatest gifts sometimes come from the most unexpected places. This last one shouldn't surprise us. This is the God, after all, who has given us life from death on a cross. Yes, sometimes God's greatest gifts come from the most unexpected places. So, does God leave some of our prayers unanswered? In a sense, He does. Sometimes God says, no, I'm not sending you that. But we can be sure that if he tells us no, it's because he has a greater gift in mind or a whole bunch of them. May God give us the faith to desire the gift he gives rather than the gift we pray for. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.